I want to preach a, a little message um, called Jesus or Jesse James. Um, and I want to show a picture up uh, on the screen right there. Anybody recognize that guy? I just said his name. It's pretty easy. Um, that is Jesse James. I don't know if you know anything about Jesse James, but Jesse James and, and his brother Frank and the younger brothers at one point were the most wanted gang of their time. From, from 1860 to 1882, the James Younger Gang was the hottest gang going. They were notorious for being outlaws. They were notorious for being murderers and thieves. They were responsible for over 20 bank robberies. They, they, they uh, stole over $200,000 back in the day, which is a lot of money. And they, 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 uh, they robbed trains. They, they killed a bunch of people. Um, they robbed banks, that, uh, and they focused their, their, their robbing on the, the northern elite. Now, if you know anything about the Civil War, you had the Union and the Confederates, and the Union were against, obviously, the Confederates, and the Union were the rich elite. And they would own a lot of these banks. And so that's the banks that uh, Jesse and his brother and the gang would uh, try to rob. They were thieves, they were murderers, and they were always on the run. But maybe you didn't know this other side of it. Before the days of outlaws, as outlaws, um, Jesse and his brother were very well educated. They were highly intelligent. And I know that doesn't look like it, but... But they were highly intelligent. They were, they were schooled. They were raised in Missouri by a Baptist minister. Um, and uh, at the age of three, their dad died. And, and then at the age of 16, the Union soldiers, when the Civil War was going on, came to Jesse's house, beat him up, and almost hung his stepfather. And soon after that, Jesse and his brother Frank joined the Confederate Army and fought the Union. As guerrilla soldiers, where they learned how to kill in cold blood. And after the war was over, the James Gang started their crime, their life of crime. And listen, while many of them uh, lost their lives at the James uh, Six Gun, and while many of them were robbed, the community where they lived still protected them. They supported their race. They looked at them, looked at them as, as heroes. You know why? Because they... They, they fought the Union, which was raiding the homes of these people. Well, here's the truth. At one point, Jesse James actually tried to turn himself in, but they shot him and they wounded him. And that fueled his fire to commit even more crimes. Jesse was finally um, killed by a member of his own gang, Bob Ford, and, and he was shot in the back of the head while straightening a picture on his own wall. Because Bob Ford wanted the, the bounty. Now here's the other side of that. You know what else they, they, they said about Jesse James? Jesse James, although he was a murderer and a thief, he was a great family man. He married his first cousin, which I don't suggest that. He had two kids, and he loved his kids, and he was always there for his family. Now you say, well, what's that got to do with me? What's that got to do with today's message? I want you to notice this. I want you to notice the contrast. Thieving murderer, preacher's kid. That's not a good sign, right? <laughs> Cold-blooded killer, husband and father. Trained robber, family man. Gang leader, very educated. 
And you say, well, what's the point of that? Here's my point. While Jesse obviously had a dark side and a, and a side of countless acts of sin, he also had a good side, a side that enjoyed uh, being a good man. So what do we say about him? He ultimately struggled with doing good and doing bad. And can I just be honest? I think that sounds like every one of us. It may not be that your temptation to rob someone, but you, we all struggle internally with the temptation to do right or to do wrong. And today, I want to show us, and I want to look at the scriptures, so that we can find out how we can have victory over the struggle of wanting to be like Jesus or wanting to be like Jesse James. So if you'll turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, if you have your Bible, if you don't, it'll be on the screen. Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25, if you'll follow along as I read it. Paul is, is the writer of this uh, book, and, and Paul understood this struggle as well. Just like Jesse, he understood this struggle. Listen to what it says in verse 15. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with. I, if I do it, sorry. If I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, of the law of sin at work in my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. For Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much. <clears throat> thank you so much for your word. Lord, today there might be some Jesse Jameses here today. I know there are because I'm one of them. Lord, may we realize that, that we all struggle. And then we realize the answer to that struggle. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here, and I pray that you would speak to their heart today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Paul, the writer of Romans, is the greatest, one of the greatest examples of this struggle that we all face, and I think we can learn some great lessons uh, today from this scripture. Here's the first lesson. You ready? Are you guys listening? I know the train's loud. I know I have ADD just like most of you. And I get distracted. 
But listen, listen to this. The first lesson that we can learn from Paul is this. We're all in the same gang. We're all in the same gang. You say, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by we're all in the same gang? In other words, we are all sinners. Every last one of us. And you say, well, what are some of the things that we struggle with? What are some of the things? And I, I just kind of picked these out of the blue. Maybe you struggle with this. I know I struggle with a few of these. Number one is this, worry. I don't know if you're a worrier. I don't know if you, you struggle with that. You know you shouldn't, but you just worry all the time. Anger. What about anger? You know you should just keep your cool, but you don't, and it leads to sin in your life. What about addiction? What about drinking too much? You know that it's not going to ever get you high enough, but you do it anyway. What about sexual sin? You know that it's not God's best for you to sin sexually, but it's just so easy. What about materialism? You know the things in this world are not going to satisfy you, but you've got to just have that one more horse. What about keeping your mouth shut? You know that you should keep your mouth shut, but the struggle within you gets the words out. And you can't control it. What about acceptance? We, we all want to be accepted, but sometimes we sacrifice our holiness and our character for the approval of man. And can I, can I just say there are countless numbers of sins that I could say about myself and probably about you. And here's the truth. We all struggle. We have all sinned. And, and all of us are sinners. And you say, what about Paul? What about the writer of this, this, this book right here in, in Romans? What about this? You might think, well, he was probably just a perfect man. I mean, if God can use him, he's got to be good. And he's got to be perfect. Well, here's the truth. You know what? Paul was a murderer. You realize that? I mean, not only did he didn't murder the bad guys, guess what? He murdered, he murdered the good guys. Before Paul knew Christ, that's who he wanted to kill. Christians. He persecuted the Christians. Let me give you an example. In Acts chapter 8, uh, Stephen, one of the greatest followers of Jesus Christ, is being stoned to death. And guess who's standing there watching? Paul. Now you say, well, it says Saul. Well, his name was Saul before he changed his name, for God changed his name to Paul. Listen to it. Chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And Saul was there giving approval of his death. Listen to what else it says. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But listen to this. Saul began to destroy the church. Going house to house, he dragged off men and women, putting them into prison. And you say, that's the same Paul that just wrote that, that, that he loves the Lord? It's the same Paul. Paul, who wrote most of the Bible, was a murderer. But here's the truth. Jesus Christ changed his life. Amen? Jesus Christ changed his life. He became one of the most, uh, if not the greatest leaders of the church. He wrote over 14 books of the New Testament. And here in this scripture that we just read in Romans, we still see that he's struggling with sin. 
After all that he had done for the Lord, he still had struggles with sin. Listen to it again, verse 15 of Romans 7. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. And then verse 21. So I find this law work. When I want to do good, evil is right there for me, waiting for me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waiting war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Listen, Paul was just like you and me. Even though he may have known the Lord, he still struggled with sin. He wanted to do what's right, but he didn't always do it. He, he knows the good that he ought to do, but he doesn't always do it. And can I just say this about our church? Um, one of the greatest things that I believe that, that, that we have going for us is we're okay with not being perfect. Now, I'm not okay with sin, but I'm okay with people not being perfect. A lot of people in this world, they look at churches and they go, I can never be in that church. I can never be a Christian. Look at them. I'm not worthy of being a Christian. I'm not worthy of that acceptance. I would never fit in there. Listen, one of the greatest things that I believe that we have going for us is that we, we, we accept you at just as you are. We've always said that you belong before you even believe. And so maybe you're here today and you say, I don't, I don't believe in this Jesus junk. I don't like preachers. I don't like you. I, I'm just here because my girlfriend's hot and she wanted me to come to church. I don't believe that may not be you, but back in the day, maybe that was some of you. <laughs> and now you're a Christian. Amen. Woo! This is a hot woman. Don't act like it ain't true. <laughs> Listen, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3 10, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. You know what the truth is? Whether you're a Christian or not, we're all in the same game. The sinner's game. And we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And you say, well, thanks so much. I feel so much better because you pointed out all my sin. And, and, and you may think, well, I'm just one of those guys. I'm the Jesse James. And here's your question. Maybe you're saying, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? Well, the right question to ask is the question that Paul asks. Look at verse 20, 24 of Romans chapter 7. It said, he says, you know, he says I, I, I don't do what I want to do. Who can rescue me from this body of death. You see what Paul's saying right there? He says, how do I get out of this pit of sin? How do I find victory over this battle of temptation? And then he gives the answer. Catch it in verse 25. It says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we can overcome the struggle. So listen to this. We not only need to know that we're all in the same game, but secondly, Paul shows us that we're all in need of a Savior. We're all in need of a Savior. Listen, to be able to defeat the urge to sin, to, to be able to defeat drinking one too 
many to be able to defeat the temptations? We have to know the Savior. And you say, well, who's the Savior? The Savior of this world is Jesus Christ. His death on the cross was for you and for me. His death gives us an opportunity to be set free from sin. His death gives us the opportunity for forgiveness, peace, and joy. And the people of this world need to know it. I'm moving in my soapbox right up here. I like this. I looked around. You know, I went to the Root concert. You may think, well, preacher shouldn't be there. This preacher's going to be there. You know why? Because I believe Jesus would have been there. <laughs> you know how I know that? Because he walked with the drunks and the prostitutes and all the other people when he walked the earth. And here's the truth. We, I have some friends they like to, to do some things that are wrong. You know what I'm praying for? An opportunity to share with them the joy that I found outside of the bottle. The joy that I found in, in keeping my life pure until I get married. The joy that I found in knowing that Jesus Christ can forgive me of my past. And you say, why do you rub shoulders with the dirty, rotten sinners who like to drink too much and have sex all the time. It's because that's who God has called me to rub shoulders with. And if you don't want to go with me, I don't give a rip. I'm going without you. You know why? Because we're all in need of a Savior. It should have been me that died on the cross. But it wasn't. It should have been me that was beaten. It should have been me that wore a crown of thorns. It should have been me that was spit on. I'm a sinner. Jesus died in my place. You know why? Because he loved me. He loved me. And he said, well, how do I experience this forgiveness? How do I receive this eternal life? Here's the other point. You ready for this? You have to surrender. You have to surrender. Here's, a, here's an interesting story. It's, it's when Jesse James died, when he got shot in the back of the head, straightened a picture on his own wall by his own gang member, guess what happened soon after that? You know what happened? His brother Frank, who was with him the whole time that he did all these murderous things and probably shot as many people, surrendered. He was tired of living a life of a thief. He was tired of living a life on the run. He wanted to settle down. And after all of that stuff, he surrendered. And guess what? Here's the cool thing about it. He went to court. And when he went to court, guess what? They couldn't find enough evidence to convict him. And he walked out free from all his past. Frank James died at the age of 72. A quiet and peaceful life. He said, what's your point, though? Just like Frank surrendered and he found peace, if we surrender, we can find that same peace. You see, I've done too much. Have you done as much as Frank James? Have you done as much as Paul? I don't think so. But listen, Jesus Christ can save you. Even if you live a life like Jesse James. Maybe you're here today and you've lived a life a lot like Jesse and Frank James. 
You may not be a thief or a murderer, but like the James brothers, you've broken the law and you've lived a life of sin. And the price of sin and death are on your head. And again, here's my answer to you. Surrender. Don't run. Don't try to hide. Jesus paid the price for our sin when he died on the cross. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you catch it? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ doesn't say, hey, clean up and then I'll save you. Hey, you do this and I'll save you. Hey, you do this and I'll offer forgiveness to you. No, he says, come to me dirty. He says, come to me sinful. Come to me filthy and I will wash you clean. That's what he says. And here's the truth. All of us are outlaws. All of us. All of us have sinned. All of us, uh, we, we struggle in this fight between good and bad. Some days we want to be like Jesus, and some days we want to be like Jesse James. But here's the truth. If we will surrender our lives to Jesus, we can win the battle that rages in our lives. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. A thousand hills, we don't ask you to come to the front. We've torn down that religious barrier. A thousand hills, we don't ask you to fill out a card or you know do something like that in, in front of a bunch of people. We've torn down that religious barrier. But maybe you're here today, and you know you're a sinner, and you found out today that you need a Savior, and you found out today that all you need to do is surrender. Can I just tell you to do this? Put them up. Put them up. Just like when you surrender your life. If you're a thief or if you're a robber, you put them up. Can I just tell you to put them up? Put all your sin up. Give it all to the Lord. You say, I, I struggle with porn. I struggle with, you know, drunkenness. I struggle with, you know, addiction. I, I struggle with, you know, all these lies. I struggle with, you know, insecurity. I struggle with loneliness. I struggle with all that. Just pour, just give, put them up. Give them to the Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You say, what's that mean? What's that mean to confess? It means that you in your own heart right now can say to the Lord, Lord, I confess you as my Lord. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins so that I can have this eternal life. So that I can have forgiveness. So that I can have peace. So that I can have joy. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. That's what it looks like to surrender. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're the, the Jesse James in the, in the bar today. Maybe you just... You know, said that in your own heart to the Lord. I surrender. Listen, if you did that today, 
Again, we don't ask you to come to the front. We don't ask you to stand in front of most people. All we ask you to do is take one of the orange sheets on that table, fill it out so that we can contact you. You don't have to do anything else. We're not going to ask you to join the church. We're not going to ask you to do any of that stuff. You fill it out. We'll contact you. You know why? Because when you surrender to the Lord, guess what? The devil will come after you. And guess what you need? You need friends that will walk alongside of you and fight. And that's why we're here. So allow us to help you find victory. You say, oh, I've got more questions. I don't know all the answers. i got more questions before I give my life to Christ. Please fill out an order sheet. We will contact you. You can ask all the questions you want. I don't have all the answers, but I know where to find them. And you can find them in the Word of God. Maybe you're a Christian here today. Can I ask you this? Who are you living most like? Jesse James? Disobeying the law of God's Word? Or are you living like Jesus? Living in victory over sin daily. Finding peace in the midst of a dark world. Here's my prayer for you as a Christian. I pray that your life reflects more of Jesus and less of Jesse James. That your actions show others that you surrender to Jesus Christ. So maybe you're a Christian, but you need to come clean today. You need to say, okay, I'm sick of sin. I'm sick of being a lukewarm Christian. I'm sick of being a fake. And I want to truly surrender today. You can do that as well. Jesus Christ says that you can confess your sins and He will forgive you of those sins. So then you just need to do that right now in your seat. In your heart, say, Lord, forgive me. Give me the strength to do what's right. If you're a Christian and you need help, fill out Lord sheet. We would love to talk to you. We have great leadership in this church that would love to, to share with you the, the truths of God's Word so that you can overcome the struggle in yourself. And so fill out Lord sheet. Place it in the offering budget. And we will contact you as well. Lord, I thank you. I thank you on this day that we get to celebrate. Our second anniversary, I thank you that we've seen a lot of cowboys and a lot of cowgirls come to church for the first time in 10 or 20 years. But I thank you that we have some cowboys that have come to our church that have more beer cans in their back of the, their pickups than I can count. Lord, I thank you for all the, the Christians that are in the house, in the bar of the Lord today, that have invited those men and women to come to this church so that they can be set free from their sin. And Lord, as we move on into this next year, that we even encounter even more people that are unchurched, more people that are in need of a Savior, and may we share the truth with them in love. May they know what we stand for, not just what we stand against. And may you be glorified because of it. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.
Let's see the one right here. 